What's good? It's your girl Bianca and welcome back to yet another episode of Are You Alone? But what I'm actually asking you is are you achieving life on natural euphoria? As always, I hope everyone has been doing well and just taking care of themselves. That is always the hope whenever I say that, but I do understand that life can get tricky, it can get in the way, and really when it comes to just your self-care, I really hope that you're tending to your needs physically, emotionally, and mentally. Um, but with that being said, I appreciate you guys and your patience with my little leave of absence these past two weeks. Um, I've had a lot of life updates that I'm excited to tell you guys about, but I'm going to hold off on that for another time. But I am super duper excited for today's episode. And before we get into it, make sure to go stream all of the latest episodes of Are You Alone, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many, many more. So today is a very special episode because it is actually my six-month anniversary, and so it has officially been six months since I had aired my first episode of Are You Alone, where I had talked about, well, me not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, and for being real, that's the one thing that hasn't changed too much these past six months, um, but with the time span that it has been, I have learned a lot not only about myself and what I'm capable of, but I've also learned a lot about other people because my podcast has reached out to, you know, quite a bit of people and I've had the pleasure to have just conversations with people over social media. I've also had a few phone calls that I've done talking to people and just really just having conversations about life. And so it's been an honor of mine just to get to know people. And really that was like my main purpose when it came to the podcast was to kind of hear about people's experiences and eventually get the chance to then share and let other people in a little bit and maybe see what are the similarities as far as some of the things that we've gone through in our lives that make us so you know connected but also makes us so unique in our own individual way so it has been quite a bit of a roller coaster these past six months but i would not trade it for the world um not only is today my six month episode but i also have my very first guest Woo! um so really the idea behind today's guest and kind of my episode um, a few weeks back, if you have been keeping up, I did release an episode about the very first time that I was discriminated upon for being an Asian American. And I had also talked about how within that experience, I also was able to keep my like Filipina culture close to me because of my mom who, for those of you who don't know, was born and raised in the Philippines. And so as I continue just to kind of bring more awareness around the topic and kind of just like what is going on throughout our country, I decided to bring someone who is very, very special to me and someone that has really impacted my life a whole lot. Um, so this is a COVID-friendly guest because I have been living with this person or quarantining with this person for quite some time but it is my pleasure to introduce to you guys my roommate who also happens to be my mom miss maria divina palma de guzman Hi, Ning. Uh, hi, mom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's been a long time about 
five minutes since That's I last very saw true. you. That's are right. You, are you excited to be here today? I am. I'm excited. It's an honor to be over here to be your first guest, mm-hmm. and you get to interview your nanai. Yes, 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 yes. Um, thank you for reminding me. So before we do move on into today's episode. Kind of how I want to go about when it comes to having guests on my podcast is really just allowing them to share their experience, kind of let them really take over the episode and talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about. Um, and so for today's episode, my mom will be talking about her life growing up in the Philippines and then her experience when she did come over to the United States. Um, but before I give the mic over to my mom, I kind of just wanted to do a small little um, <laughs> Tagalog lesson with everyone. So my mom will be referring to her family in the relation to me. So her nanai and her tatai, which is mom and dad in Tagalog, she will be referring to them as my lolo and lola, which means grandpa and grandma. And then she'll be referring to her kuyas and ate, which means brothers and sister, as my titos and my tita. So I just want to make sure everyone is on the same page. It doesn't hurt to learn someone else's culture, to learn a little bit of language as well. So if you need to, go pause this, go get a notebook, whatever it is, write down the terms. That way, when my mom, you know, says them, you guys will know what she's saying. So without further do mom before I pass the mic to you you can start us off by letting everyone know kind of exactly where you were born and where you grew up in the Philippines sure can I say greeting first oh go ahead mom okay. go ahead kumusta kayong lahat magandang hapon sa inyong lahat so to begin with I was born in the Philippines um, I'm from the Luzon Island province of Pampanga the old Mabalakat city I grew up with both my parents. There are five siblings, five of us. I have two older kuyas, one ate and one batang kapatid, which is younger brother. Growing up in the Philippines, um, I grew up poor. Um, my dad worked so hard, though, to get us all to college. My mom um, stayed at home taking care of us cooking food, doing all the dishes and everything. Um, my father um, worked for the military base as a civilian. He was an auto mechanic. And right before um, he retired, the U.S. government uh, granted him a special immigrant to come to the United States. It should have been a chance for all of us at a younger age to come and live here in the United States. But my uh, Tatai declined the offer because he has to go by himself first and then we follow later. He doesn't really want to leave my mom and us five children uh, alone. Plus my uh, my Lola from my father was very sick and he was still uh, actually helping financially. So then my father retired and he, he again went and got a job because uh, we're all still in school. Um, there's like my three older siblings were all in college and then I was about to graduate high school and then my younger brother was um, freshman in high school. So by, by then as we grow older, uh, we tried to look for a job. My older brother got a job and so was my um, 
second to the oldest brother and then my sister. Um, the last three years of my, co uh, my college schooling, pursuing my chemical engineering degree, I was able to get a job uh, on, the, on base uh, as a teacher's aide for the speech therapist teacher and English as a second language. Um, my learning of English as a, uh, at a young age helped me a lot, plus also the four dialects that I know how to speak. And, and you can tell everyone, mom, what those four dialects okay, are. Okay, so the four dialects, the four, okay, so the four dialects I speak, um, I speak Tagalog, which is the national language. Pampangan is where I was born. It's the dialect where I was born. Pangasinan is the dialect that was spoken to us by my Lola from my tatay side. And Ilocano is more on, you know, meeting the neighbors. Mm -hmm. And for those of you, my grandparents here, my dad's side, um, they speak Ilocano. And what else? Sambal. Sambal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you learn how to speak English, you're fairly young then, yeah? I was not more on like uh, speaking yet, mm -hmm. but learning how to read it. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, going to the school, uh, going to school at my element elementary years, we do have uh, subjects mm -hmm. in English. So... We learn how to read uh, books in English also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, and then so later on you graduated. And so later on I graduated uh, elementary, so I now go to high school. Uh -huh. uh, it, it's, it's called Holy Angel College then. Mm -hmm. So right there we, you know, we have to speak English. And mm -hmm. I remember, I, I, I recall, I think I was uh, in my junior years in high school when we did this... Uh, uh, school English um, campaign speak English campaign mm -hmm. and so we have to speak English among each other my classmates you know we got so used to speaking our Kabampangan dialect so but then you know because of the campaign we have to speak English if you don't speak English then you get fine 25 centavos which mm -hmm. is kind of like an equivalent to your to 25 Quarter. cents over yeah. here mm -hmm. yeah course I didn't have that much 25 centavos <laughs> so I better learn how to speak English and learn speak English every day yeah. yeah okay so when was the beginning of you now coming to the U.S. so how'd that all start okay so um I had my training at the base hospital pharmacy and at third civil engineering squadron I met a lot of friends mm -hmm. and the friends that I met um, they invited me to attend a Bible study, so I did go, and w during the Bible study, I met someone. Mm -hmm. I met a man okay. <laughs> from the military who was attending the military, mm -hmm. and um, his name is Mike. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike and I kind of like show interest to each other, mm -hmm. um, and then, um, you know, he actually would like as to date but I'm not allowed to date then because your Lolo and Lola are very strict mm -hmm. so he, he comes over to the house mm -hmm. so he comes over and visit and then um, I, I have known him for almost a year and it's time for him to leave because his um, tour of duty being stationed at Clark Air Force Base is over and mm -hmm. that he has to return to the United States so he did return to the United States and we continued communication through mail mm -hmm. and um, people from the United States receiving mail from the Philippines, it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. It could take up to or like 
um, a month or two. Mm-hmm. So it's a slow process. And then during during that time where we were communicating through mail, um, he proposed to me. Mm-hmm. He said that he would like to marry me, but I have to come to the United States. Wow. Yes. And so what was that process like? Well, the process is kind of like long at first. It's like, I don't know what to say. And there's just so much stuff that you have to go through. Uh-huh. I have to look for my birth certificate. I have to get my baptismal certificate. I have to like ask my parents' marriage certificate. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much stuff. And uh, one thing, it's easy to go get the birth certificate and then the baptismal certificate. But to ask your Lola and Lola about their marriage certificate, they're they're going to start wondering why, why am I needing it? <laughs> uh-huh. you know? So I asked your Tito Noor to help me. Mm-hmm. So they were able to go get it. I don't know why, but they were able to get it. So I was able to get a copy. Mm-hmm. And then by then, uh, there's a checklist that I have to have mm-hmm. before I submit all the documents to acquire visa mm-hmm. at uh, the U.S. Embassy in Manila. So by the time I was able to get all of those, um, I went with your Tito Nor mm-hmm. to submit paperwork. And uh, that morning, it was like November of 1986, I submitted the paperwork and I was told that I have to wait for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it was probably like about a couple of hours I waited. And the next, you know, next thing you know, I got called in and it's, the interview process Mm -hmm. so I was asked several questions and then later on I was asked again to sit in the lobby and wait and I waited for an hour next thing you know here comes visa issued to me so I could go to the United States Mm -hmm. but then at the same time I I already have plane ticket to leave Mm -hmm. right before my visa was issued my parents bought the ticket already and I'm supposed to depart Philippines November 17. So it's like a three-day time span, yeah? It's a three-day time span. And, mm-hmm. you know, while your Titanor and I are uh, leaving the U.S. Embassy, you know, he was kind of like shocked. But then also at the same time, I'm kind of like stunned, feeling like, okay, what am I going to do? <laughs> I haven't told your Lolo and Lola mm-hmm. yet that I'm going to the United States, mm-hmm. that all of these things had happened on that day. So, so <laughs> what I did later on that night, I have to, you know, I have to spill the beans. And mm-hmm. so I went and got ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's the Magnolia ice cream, I remember. So I sat your Lolo and your Lola mm-hmm. at the kitchen table. And I just said, I'm leaving to marry Mike on Monday. Oh, <laughs> and then uh, when I saw your... Lolo, like he was like his jaw like about to drop and Mm -hmm. I saw that tears your Lola being a very strong woman Mm -hmm. um, she just got up brought the cup and the spoon put it in the sink and didn't really say anything Mm -hmm. so it was a silent moment at that time and that's it I went to go upstairs and went to bed I was really feeling guilty Mm -hmm. because it was just like I didn't really say anything to them, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that the reason why I didn't say anything, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was I was young. I just got done college that time. Mm-hmm. I felt like I haven't even had my turn to help out, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm working already before I graduated college. And your Tito Little, your Tito Nor, and your Tito Cyril, they they 
did their share on helping and you mm-hmm. know how our culture is like to help mm-hmm. you know so and, that, and that's that's the guilty part of me it's mm-hmm. like I just started working yeah not too long so then after all of the emotions and things like that um you went to you had to head out to the U.S. And so here comes November 17 mm-hmm. I have to head out to the United States the whole neighborhood came <laughs> to take me to the airport mm-hmm. um so I didn't look back anymore because I just don't want to see everyone crying I have to be I have to learn to be tough mm-hmm. because here you go at a young age I'm going to United States not knowing anyone mm-hmm. but the good thing about it is like when I left home I, I stayed with your Tito Cyril and your Tito Jim mm-hmm. for quite a bit so by the time I got in Hawaii mm-hmm. my first state to enter I was okay mm-hmm. you know because I didn't feel homesickness because my sister's over there mm-hmm. I'm able to eat the food mm-hmm. you know um, then um, you mean like eat Filipino food Filipino food yeah. yes and then later on that time it's time for me to go to California mm-hmm. to meet my future in-laws so here you go I travel again to another state landed in California in Los Angeles and I have to meet you know my future in-laws that I haven't met all I saw is their pictures but I didn't uh, recognize uh, Mike's dad Mm -hmm. he was holding my name and it's written Vina because you know that's my nickname V-I-N-A my nickname back home Mm -hmm. but it's upside down so I had to kind of like you know put my head (laughs) tilted my head and just say oh it's my name so then I approached them and I said I'm Vina Mm -hmm. and then I see Mike's mom come come over and then they, they gave me a hug. Mm-hmm. Mike then was still in Idaho because that's where he's stationed. Mm-hmm. So now comes the wedding. So we got married. And then a uh, few days after that, we have to go to Idaho. So we're now traveling to Idaho. And um, we encountered snow. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited because I haven't really seen snow. And I told... Um, Mike to pull over because I want to feel the snow mm-hmm. and it just felt like the shaved ice that you put in Halo Halo mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so I, I we get to Idaho um, mm-hmm. later in the evening it, it was snowing and then uh, I have to unpack a lot of the gifts that we got from our wedding um, Mike has to go back to work the next day so I was left alone by myself so it kept me busy because there's so much stuff to do now you know we have a place to live in uh, inside the base the military base we live in the military base but then you know during the day because I'm by myself you know I open the window I don't see people mm-hmm. then I start feeling homesick yeah. again and then um, I wanted to eat rice we don't have rice. Yeah. I don't know where to buy rice. Yeah. So there you go. But then all I saw then was like, okay, the gift that we have, there's flour. <laughs> and then there's like a recipe book. Yeah. So I opened the recipe book and then there you go. I'm trying, I'm learning how to make pizza. <laughs> so uh-huh. being, being married then that was the first meal I made for lunch mm-hmm. for Mike in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Then here comes April, and I, you know, I went outside and 
I started walking and I met this Filipina. Mm-hmm. So we exchanged a uh, home phone number. And then um, one day she called me and she invited me to go to their house. Mm-hmm. They, they have like a potluck gathering there. And so I went and I met a lot of Filipinos. Mm-hmm. So I start, you know, I start feeling good because here you go. I'm able to eat food and then I'm meeting Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Not until I went with Mike to attend uh, a gathering mm-hmm. that I felt some sort of like discrimination mm-hmm. um, I don't know should I say discrimination or not because we went to a gathering and I was introduced as his wife and I was talking to people and then there's this man that came and approached me and asked where did I learn my English or do I have some sort of education mm-hmm. Then I replied to him and I just said yes. Um, I learned my English back home. I, I did speak English at, as, as a young age. And I do have education. I have a degree in chemical engineering mm-hmm. that I acquired from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. But then later on, he just walked away. Mm-hmm. So when I came home, um, I kept thinking about it. Keep thinking about it. And then... I just said to myself, well, maybe he doesn't really know mm-hmm. that there are Filipinos that are educated, that our country, mm-hmm. the Philippines, speaks English. Mm-hmm. So I just le- uh, I just learned to let it be. Mm-hmm. Later on, I decided I would like to go back to work. So I went to the human resources and they don't have any job opening at that time mm-hmm. but I met this lady from England mm-hmm. she's married to a military mm-hmm. and we kind of like talk about my experience work experience and I mentioned that I was a teacher's aide mm-hmm. for English as a second language and a speech therapist mm-hmm. and so she asked if I don't mind uh, volunteering to teach conversational English mm-hmm. to Asian immigrants mm-hmm. So I was kind of like excited because I know volunteer work would count as an yeah. experience. So I said, yes, I will do that. Mm-hmm. And then I did. So I did it twice a week. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, um, I was able to help prepare them uh, for U.S. citizenship testing. Mm-hmm. So a few months later on, uh, there was a job opening and it was a preschool teacher mm-hmm. at at Mountain Home Air Force Base, Idaho. So I applied for the job and I got it. Mm-hmm. So I, I began working and I began working and then I found out that I am going to be blessed to have a child, mm. which is not, which is your sister, Brianna. Wow. So I, I, I actually, <laughs> yes, I actually continued working until right before uh, Brianna was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I stopped working um, January of 88. And then your sis- sister was born. Popped up. March 1988. <laughs> yes. Oh. So three months later on, um, we found out we have orders to go to Izmir, Turkey. Oh, wow. Okay. So here you go. Another, uh, another journey for me because it's not that long ago that I came from the Philippines went to United States and here here, here I am mm-hmm. going to Turkey yeah. which is another country mm-hmm. so it's a 
quite shocking experience for me as a you know as a young mom mm-hmm. traveling with you know with a young baby mm-hmm. so when we arrived to turkey the airport was being renovated that time mm-hmm. and i have to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. there's not a lot of english speaking turkish nationals there so i have to talk to one man and he didn't understand me so i have to demonstrate you know how you wanted to go pee and mm-hmm. he just pointed to the direction to where when I was looking at his fingers he was pointing and so I followed and there you go I saw bathroom but it's not gender identified so mm-hmm. I just walk in because I really have to go uh, right then I have your sister wrap around my chest mm-hmm. so I go in to the bathroom and the commode is leveled to the floor and the door is not fully covered so I have to squat. When I squat, I heard footsteps and voices of men coming. Mm-hmm. I got so scared because now I'm on a male bathroom. Mm-hmm. I was praying that your sister it. won't cry because yeah. otherwise they're gonna hear her crying. They're gonna start wandering, knocking at the door, and there you go. They see me squatting on the floor so that's kind of like a fun experience and then after that um you know the people that are supposed to pick us up to go to the hotel to where we're going to stay mm-hmm. it's it's a the transient lodging facility for the military mm-hmm. um they weren't there so it was kind of like a long wait so finally a van came and there's nine of us that rode the, the van coming from you know the um, u.s the u.s mm-hmm. and so now we arrived um the hotel and then we got our room and everything mm-hmm. so we stayed there for a month until we got our housing mm-hmm. it's you know izmir where we were stationed is not a milk it's not a air force base it's called izmir air station mm-hmm. so we were actually mixed mixed with the turkish nationals mm-hmm. so it was another experience for me because you my neighbors are all turkish nationals mm-hmm. you know and then um One experience is like a, a, a guy comes over knocking at my door and asking me like if I wanted, well, he said, do I want it su, but it's in Turkish language. Su means water, mm-hmm. like bottle of water. Mm-hmm. And I keep on shaking my head because I don't really understand him. And then he introduced himself. He said, Kapiji. Kapiji is the building uh kind of like a building janitor or you know mm-hmm. so so i said okay but then so every time i call him it's kapiji but that's not his name i found mm-hmm. that out that it's not i thought his name is kapiji but yeah. it's not his name that's just how you say janitor janitor yeah in building maintain, you know, yeah. maintenance worker in turkish so here you go um i don't understand what what they say to me so i went and bought a dictionary so i taught myself to speak turkish mm-hmm. and so every time someone comes over i have to tell them just a moment mm-hmm. when i say just a moment it's you, you can say birdaka mm-hmm. birdaka is just a moment and then i start flipping the pages finding the english uh language that i want uh, english word that i wanted to say and then gets translated to turkish so now they start understanding me mm-hmm. and then as As years went by, I was able to um, I was able to speak Turkish because I ended up getting a job also at that 
transient lodging facility where I stayed, mm-hmm. I became the billeting supervisor there. And then I work with a lot of Turkish nationals. There's just two Americans. And, um, two Americans that were hired. It was me and then my boss. Mm-hmm. They barely speak English. But, you know, I learned a lot of Turkish, Turkish uh, right, uh, right. words. Yeah. And then... Um, so the the not so good experience was uh our time there the war started so i experienced the real bombing mm-hmm. when um i i know when a bomb was placed under an american car on the alley between the american embassy and the hotel where I was working Mm -hmm. I wasn't there I was still at home but I heard the explosion because we don't live that far Mm -hmm. and then uh, Brianna's dad came home just to find out where I was Mm -hmm. and that's not that's the bad experience I experienced there because it was really scary uh, we can't go out, mm-hmm. you know, all, you know, we can't go out. You can just see all military, U.S. military patrolling the neighborhood mm-hmm. just to let, just to tell us not to go outside yeah. because it was dangerous. Um, and then, so after that happened, uh, Mike, we now get orders to go back to the United States and we're going to get stationed in North Dakota. So Mike went before me and then I followed. So I flew with your sister from Turkey to Germany, to Germany to New York, and then to Grand Forks. Wow. Yes. So when I got to Grand Forks, there's no military housing. So I experienced living in a trailer. I didn't know what a trailer was. Like I said, okay, our house has, you know, because we don't have trailer Home in the floor. Philippines. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then when I look, I said, oh, why is it our house has wheels? Yeah. You know, because I didn't know their trailer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we were there for just, you know, like maybe like two months and then we got into base military housing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I wasn't working then. And then I was watching this TV. I was watching TV and I saw something flash about they're looking for someone that uh, they need volunteers to organize Asian Pacific American Heritage. Mm-hmm. So, um, at that time, because I wasn't working yet, um, I called and I wanted to volunteer. Mm -hmm. But then I ended up getting a job at Sears, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't driving, you know, like it's outside the base that you have to drive at least like about half hour. And, um, I ended up riding with a friend Mm -hmm. that I met because she got a job there too. So we, we rode together. Mm -hmm. Uh, she was my neighbor at the, the trailer place first at that time you know mm-hmm. and so and then they ended up moving on base too so she picks me up and you know we both go to work eventually I quit that job because it was hard because of the weather mm-hmm. and it's snowing and then uh, in 92 that's when I got my driver's license mm-hmm. um, then I and then eventually I got a job. Do you remember your Do you remember your driver's license score? No. Uh, I scored ninety three. I think that was better than me. Yeah, I scored ninety three. <laughs> and then, um, you know, and then eventually I got a job um, mm-hmm. on base. Um, I took this speed test. It was a um, speed un- test. It's a speed test. Hundred twenty questions oh, okay. in fifteen minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's you know. So when you pass the test, you become 
civil service, mm -hmm. like a GS position. You get a GS position. It's general schedules, what they call it um, on base. Mm -hmm. So I took that test and I, I scored pretty high. So I got a job. So now I start my civil service career mm -hmm. in, uh, that's where I started my civil service career mm -hmm. in North Dakota. Mm -hmm. So the month of May came around and um, I became the project coordinator for the Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. So we were able to, uh, we were able to wear our national costumes and also perform our traditional dances. Mm -hmm. You did some of the dances, correct? I did. Yeah, and what, what, what was the name of them? So I danced the Pandango Sa Ilaw to where you will, you know, you balance a, a bolted candle, one on your head and one on each one, one on each hand on your mm -hmm. palm and you do the swaying. Mm -hmm. So that's one part. I also danced the hula mm -hmm. then and also the Kriñosa, which is a courtship dance mm -hmm. in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you said it was a it was a successful event. The event was successful, mm -hmm. but unfortunately things happened. My marriage ended with your sister's dad. Mm -hmm. um, for a while, I was living as a single mom raising Bree mm -hmm. uh, because we were separated already. The divorce was in process. Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, during during the Asian Pacific Heritage, I met your dad because he was. He was our MC, mm -hmm. and also um, he was one of the dancer. Um, he, he danced too with us, mm -hmm. and then and we became friends. And then uh, it was time for him to leave to go to Turkey. Mm -hmm. So your dad then uh, left in Turkey. Lynn went back to uh, Washington State because mm -hmm. Lynn was living with your dad when I met them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they went back here with your grandma. After your dad's six-month tour uh, from Turkey, he came back to North Dakota, and then we we ended up we began dating. We ended mm -hmm. up dating, mm -hmm. and then I decided to move with him in Colorado mm -hmm. because that's where he's going to get stationed. Mm -hmm. So, fast forward to Colorado, I married your dad. We bought our house. Two years later on. You were born mm -hmm. two days after a nasty blizzard in Colorado. The wonder child was born. Wow, what mm -hmm. an exciting time. A day before Halloween. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Scorpio okay. season. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. So um, when you were uh, almost two years old, uh, your dad and I, we decided to move to uh, Washington State near family. Mm -hmm. So eventually we moved to Washington State mm -hmm. and live with your grandma mm -hmm. and so 21 years later um, here I am I still work for the county government I now have two grandchildren from my oldest one I will be a future mother-in-law I will have a son-in-law from my middle and my 23 year old youngest who's my best roommate Mm -hmm. <laughs> who keeps me in line eating healthy foods and exercising. Yes, you're welcome, Mom, for keeping you healthy. What can I say? I would like for you to live long. Um, anyways, in all seriousness, did you ever really think that you would be where you're at today? Yes, um, I wish I could do more, but I'm happy where I'm at. Um, I have always dreamed of living here in the United States because... 
I know with my work experience back home and with my schooling, I'm able to land in a better, good paying job, which it's okay at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so real quick, like as we start to wrap up the episode, what is one of the things that you have learned most from your entire experience? And what is some advice that you would give to people when it comes to learning about other people's cultures? Okay, uh, at a young age, traveling from uh, the Philippines to the United States to another country and then back here in the United States again. I became so strong and very independent. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, you have to face the challenges that uh, you encounter daily. Um, you know, family is not just blood. You meet a lot of people. Uh, and there are so many reasons why you meet all of these people in your life. They become your friends. They become your family. Mm-hmm. My advice out there is to learn to be more compassionate, to be more understanding, open your heart, open your mind, learn and embrace other cultures, um, ask questions, and uh, get to know other nationalities in a deeper level. Mm -hmm. And I have always said this to you and to your sisters that... um, Appreciating the similarities and respecting the differences are very important because we get to learn more about each other and live in a much kinder world. Wow, that's like a Miss Universe answer right there. Good job, mom. But here you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Really what she's just trying to say is just to be kind to one another. You don't necessarily know kind of a person's upbringing, where they're from, and how it shaped the person that they are. And so really trying to understand one another is what allows us to have a much more deeper connection for one another. As always, I just try to reiterate this just to embrace one's individuality while also exercising empathy however my intention for this episode was to share with you guys my mom's adventure as far as her being from the philippines and immigrating here to the united states once again there are so many people out there who are constantly going through certain challenges in life and one thing we have to recognize especially with everything that is happening there's a lot of adjustments that are going to have to be made by individuals when it comes to trying to find an opportunity that is supposedly much better here in the u.s and um, sadly it is a little bit more difficult not only for asian americans but just for people of color in general um but with that being said mom i really do appreciate you being so open and so honest and really sharing your entire experience as far as coming here to the U.S. Um, As you guys can tell, maybe through her story, I think she's instilled a lot of strength, a lot of independence, and a lot of courage um, within me. I can't really speak on behalf of my sisters, but I do know that she definitely has played a part as far as the person that I am today. And I was really excited to just share that part of me with you guys. However, this concludes yet another episode of Are You Alone? My special six-month anniversary. It's important to celebrate the small goals in life. But I appreciate you guys so, so much for just your constant support and love and for listening. Make sure to go stream all of the latest episodes of Are You Alone on whatever streaming service that you use. 
If you're still watching, please go give this episode a big thumbs up. Make sure to subscribe and to also turn those post notifications on. If you guys have any questions about my mom's story or maybe any comments, you can leave them down below or you can just hit me up on my social medias. You can also keep up with Are You Alone on Instagram at AYA underscore podcast and on Facebook at the Are You Alone follow page. Other than that, my name is Bianca, and as we continue this journey, all I ask is that you guys do your best to achieve life on natural euphoria. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Maraming salamat po sa inyong suporta. Bye! Bye.